Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. It was a busy, busy week in Cuse Nation, and we've got all the coverage here for you on Fizz Radio. Tyler Rocky alongside Tim Leonard with you until 10 o'clock on this Saturday morning. As always, you can find all of our content online, social media, all that good stuff by searching Orange Fizz, Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, also iTunes. Get the latest Fizz Radio episodes, podcasts, and all that and more. And as always, online, orangefizz.net. Tim Big week. We've got signing day stuff to go over. Syracuse actually won a basketball game. I don't game know too. where that came from. I don't from. know where that came from either. That that was some interesting stuff. I that, Jim Beheim called that one of the best wins in recent memory. Uh, yeah, well, there frankly hasn't been that many good wins in recent <laughs> yeah, memory. Not, not much um, to speak on. I don't even like the offense came out of nowhere. I honestly thought Louisville was kind of underrated going into that game. They've been playing great in ACC play. It's on the road. Everything was just lining up for another loss, especially coming af- coming off of 44 points yeah. against Virginia, a carrier dome low, but just classic Syracuse. When when you count them out, I'm sure Joel Lenardi is somewhere just scratching his head and angry because he thought he could finally get rid of the Orange this year and not have to worry about him, but here he is. He's probably going to have to make another wrong prediction <laughs> later on in March. <laughs> so we'll get to Louisville in just a second. We'll also get to some National Signing Day stuff, some hot-button topics there with what went on for the Orange, the whole Michael Salahuddin. I'm sure you're pretty fired up about that, too. Yeah, yeah, I've got some takes <laughs> on that. <laughs> and, and then we'll preview Wake Forest, that game coming tomorrow inside the Dome. Syracuse looking to string together some wins finally. And then, as always, we'll wrap things up with Fizz feedback so louisville and we'll well i guess we'll parlay this into some tourney talk as well but i mean we've just kind of touched on it where did this come from i mean this is a louisville team that i think was pretty good they're playing at home short turnaround everything stacking up against the orange and they somehow pull out the the best game of basketball they've played all season the only thing i can think of is maybe they were at the point where they said hey we're so far out of the tournament picture now this probably won't even matter might as well just i mean go out and have some fun and there's really nothing to lose now and they finally played with some confidence but you said it the quick turnaround is what shocked me about it the most because tyus battle frank howard they're playing 40 minutes a night they have one day of rest where they were really traveling probably right. during that mm-hmm. day. And already this bench is just getting more and more depleted with the news of Howard Washington. I'm hearing Matt Moyer might not even play against Wake Forest now because his ankles just not Ramos fully Adibay recovered. Ramos might need uh, surgery too. Yeah. So for his knee, he might be done too. The outlook on this team did not look promising for a game on short rest, especially off of the performance we saw in the Carrier Dome. You figured – if they were going to break through in a game, it would be in that Virginia game because you've got so much to win, so much on the line. You'd come out hungry in that one, but they just laid an egg in that one, and somehow when we all just didn't see it coming, they pulled it all together against Louisville. Yeah, and you thought also, I mean, Syracuse has just had Virginia's number the exactly past yeah. two or so years now, so it just kind of seemed written in the stars. But looking at this more into this Louisville game they just looked loose out there like like i think you said it the perfect way nothing to lose at this point i mean this is a team that again is going to be right on that bubble once again it looks like 
especially given the schedule. You still have Miami at Miami. You still have uh, North Carolina and Duke. North Carolina and then at Duke, and then, and all three of those games right in a row too. Yep. So that that's the heart of your schedule coming up in I, I think about two weeks. That's not going to be easy. Then you you go out and get a big road win because. Frankly, road wins are what kept Syracuse out exactly. last year. And you've got one at Georgetown. You've got one at Pitt, which means just about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, this was well, really their well, first true road j- win. Just kind of a, a little tangent here. We could see an undefeated team in the ACC and a team that doesn't win a single game in the ACC. That's true. Yeah. And Virginia when, is the real deal, yeah, man. Virginia's. I, I know we talked about how Syracuse has their number, and I was kind of of the belief that they would keep that game close just because it was in the Carrier Dome. But, I I mean, I've seen a lot of Virginia teams have a good defense. This defense is above and beyond those. It's and, historic. Yeah. it's. I mean, to go, they might go undefeated in ACC play. Their schedule the rest of the way isn't too daunting. I mean, just the other night against Florida State, they had their backs against the wall, not to just beat the bush on Virginia, but... This team's special, and Pittsburgh, on the other hand, is awful. <laughs> and then just to continue on this Virginia tangent, we won't stay on it too long, but I know you and I both love our, our guy, good guy, bad guy, yep. Kyle guy. Great guy. And, uh, and Ty Jerome's pretty good, too, but they're no Malcolm Brogdon. They're no London Parentis. I know. It's, but they're getting it done, and I think it's a little deeper than normal when you got guys like DeAndre Hunter coming off the bench. It's it's got more scoring mm-hmm. pop than most other Virginia teams, for sure. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the Score 1260. Tyler Rocky, Tim Leonard with you here. You can chime in with your thoughts on Twitter, at Orange Fizz. Let, let's get back to Syracuse now, okay? Because now this whole topic of conversation is Syracuse is kind of that 69th team. And the first one out, I mean, that's where Lenardi has them right mm-hmm. now. The, the loss to Georgia Tech, it seemed like that was the nail in the coffin to the season, but you bounced back with a win against Louisville. Uh, no one expected you to, to beat Virginia in the first place, although it really would have helped the resume and probably put you at about like the 60th team Yeah, if you took down Virginia. Yep. And uh, you don't see wins that catapult you 10 or so spots. No. And, and that is a quadrant. Everyone's talking now about these quadrant wins, that quadrant one win. Syracuse now has two with this Louisville win, and they, they – if they had hung with Virginia a little longer, they maybe could have had it. But there, there was zero juice in the in the Carrier Dome in that second half. No, and then I don't blame the fans. Yeah, at all. I don't. Yeah, and then I mean, you heard the broadcasters talking about it during the Louisville game too. They were saying they had never heard it that quiet at the Yum Center. And I think it was Lafonso Ellis who was doing the game, and he yep. was like, "Listen, like." I've been to Louisville many times, and this place has never been this silent when right. I've been here. Yeah, fans left early. I think that was the biggest thing of the game. The first half, well, you said they came out and they looked more free. What I noticed is they were turning defense into offense mm-hmm. early with turnovers. I think they had 16 points off turnovers in the first half. And, yep. you know, Louisville is a team that's known for taking care of the basketball. And then on the other hand, they're also a really good defensive team. So I looked at this matchup and I thought, Syracuse is going to lose this turnover battle. It's going to get ugly, and it's going to go downhill again in the second half. But the first half was a completely different story because Syracuse was taking care of the basketball, mainly Frank Howard, keeping it to one, one turnover. turnover. Yep. yep, And Tyus didn't have a turnover. I think going into that matchup, every single road game this season, Syracuse had at least double digits in turnovers. So that's part of the reason why you can't win on the road if you're turning the ball over. That was the big difference in this game for me. And I'm, I'm really surprised 
from this game that Syracuse was able to pull it out at the end because, again, this is a thin team already. We saw Braden Bayer get in for a, a brief second, but you look at the foul trouble across the board. Brissett gets into some some early foul yep. trouble. He actually does end up falling out, but then Dolajai's in there, Chuku's in there. Matthew yeah, Moyer Chico and, really didn't play yeah. well in this game. And, and Matthew Moyer and Frank Howard both are treading that line and, and have to play cautious. And I just thought, okay, there's not enough in this team to overcome that. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to fold and they're going to fold hard. Like there were some times right out of the gate in that second half where I was like, this game's over. Louisville has done one little thing here or there that's just going to determine the rest of this game. And credit the Syracuse team, they did not crack. Right, because even in the first half, I felt like. Syracuse was getting kind of all the breaks to go their way. And, and let's let's put it this way too: Syracuse got every single call. <laughs> <in this game>. Like <laughs> did th- this is they uncharacteristic. Did. Usually they get on the the short end of the stick for this, but it seemed like the Orange got just about every single right. call in and this game. Frank Howard was making everything. It was like not easy shots at the beginning, but Frank was making them. I just felt like the tides were going to turn in the second half when you've got a depleted bench, you've got all that foul trouble and. The game really did start to slip away, but I think Tyus Battle made a big bucket with like 2.30 left. That was the first time they had scored in like six minutes, and you know you can say what you want about Tyus Battle. He maybe has been a little inconsistent at times in ACC play, but when they need a bucket, chances are he's going to give it to you all all throughout the season, really, and who knows where his draft stock is right now. I'm not really going to say that he's in the first round, but that's a whole different story. I just think... He's made some clutch plays and perhaps none bigger than that shot he hit at 230 because yeah. that really changed the entire momentum of the game. There's two plays that from this game that I was like, okay, that's the most inspired basketball I've seen Tyus Battle play in maybe two months. It was in the first half, I want to say it was about five to seven minutes in, he has that and one drive yeah. with the, the right hand on the left side, and I was like, wow, I haven't seen something like that out of Tyus Battle in it seems like a, yeah. a light year. I feel like he hasn't been attacking the basket. Yeah, it hasn't he, been the same. Yeah. yeah, he's been settling for a lot of those, those mid range jumpers. It was and, good and to that's see not a that. bad shot for him. But and and then the other one being the shot that you were talking about, the one where he gets right. Pulled, yanked right on the jersey and yeah, and he somehow hits. You know it what shot he loves is the little he backs it up like almost to the half court logo and then does a little shimmy and mm-hmm. steps just inside the three point line and, and tries a long two. And now he's starting to diversify that. There was one moment too late in the game. I want to say it was a little before that shot you're talking about where he he fakes or he comes in, he does that move and then he fakes it like he's about to go up with the head fake, and then he turns the corner yeah, off the spin. Yeah, I remember that. And he got a yep. floater off of that. So he's got a, He's got quite the arsenal. He's starting to diversify his game a little bit, and I think that's the one thing that he's going to really focus on for the remainder of the season, just uh, draft stock wise, and and right. <laughs> it's just going to frankly make him a better player. Yeah, too. I would say the knock on him right now in his draft stock is his scoring inside, like in traffic. Um, we know he's got the mid range jumper. We know he's got the three, and he's got a pretty good build. So. For Syracuse fans, that's kind of a tough tough camp to be in because you want him to play well, but also if he stays next year, this team could be really dangerous. Yeah, so. pretty pretty dangerous, especially after um, I, I in talking with Darius Baisley's mom yep. this week, she told me that Darius she is unaware of an invite to Lavar Balls. What is it, the Junior Baller Association yeah, JBA. or whatever? JBA. Yep. But she is unaware of right. an invite. Jalen and Jalen Carey's already turned his down. So. Uh, That's good news. Yeah. 
That uh, is certainly a positive. All right, coming up next, we'll talk some National Signing Day. We'll also get to some more basketball stuff down the road. It's Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Fizz Radio rolls along here. Tyler Aki alongside Tim Leonard with you until 10 o'clock on this Saturday morning. We just wrapped up a little bit of Syracuse-Louisville talk. And where is this Syracuse team going? Are, are you in on tournament yet? Um, are you sold? Not yet. They got to take care of business against Wake and NC State. You just have to win those two games at home, and then we'll see where it get, where they go from there. I'm not ready to to say they're get going into the tournament just yet. They're still on the outside looking in. All right. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you right there. I think they're a team about like 70, 71 right now. Yeah. So. Yep. Work to do, work to do, as uh, every ESPN notification. Do you get those? Yeah. Where it just says, like, teams with, like, bracketology, teams with work to do. The ESPN it's always Syracuse and then, like, Miami and yeah. Louisville. And... The ESPN notifications in general are questionable at best. Yeah. But that's a whole other story. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we've got some signing day stuff to talk about here, and that came this previous Wednesday, and a lot of Syracuse fans are – Insert your word. What, what's your word? Um, outraged. Yep. Upset, <laughs> and rightfully so. I mean, so you're fired up about this. I, I okay. All right, I'm, here. Uh, let me explain the whole yeah, situation. Go, first. go ahead. Break it so, down. So, Michael Salahuddin. This guy's going to be the program changing running back. Probably going to come in start day one. And uh, I mean, this is a top 150 recruit. He'd be like the he'd be the highest recruit in Dino Baber's history. With Syracuse and probably, I mean, I'd have to check, but probably his biggest recruit ever, despite right. the fact that one of his old players is now the highest paid player in NFL history and Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That came out this week. Yep. Yeah. So um, just worth noting. Props to Dino on yeah. that one. Yep. Breeding champions and breeding rich, rich quarterbacks. But yep. anyway, so Salah Houdin is this guy who can change the program pretty much and give Syracuse an unreal running game. And he's picking between Syracuse and Pitt. He's got his two hats laid out like every recruit does. And when he's about to, he's given his spiel of like, oh, thanking everyone, right. stuff like that. And boom, grabs a Syracuse hat, puts it on for about two seconds. <sighs> what a tease. Rips it off, then uh, rips off his USC sweatshirt, which is the school he originally decommitted from. And then he unbuttons his shirt. It's got a pit shirt on. And then he puts the pit hat on. And we had so many outraged Pitt fans coming after us on Twitter at Orange Fizz. Which... We'll read the best ones for Fizz feedback. I'm saving them for Fizz feedback. Okay. All right. And let's let's just be honest, Tim. We got Cliff Alexander. Syracuse got Cliff yep. Alexander. And for those Josh of you... McDaniels. <laughs> Josh McDaniels, <laughs> whatever you, you want, want to call it. But Tim Leonard, I'll tell you what. For those who don't know what a Cliff Alexander is, here's what it is. So back in the day, Cliff Alexander was the number two basketball recruit. He was picking between Kansas and Illinois, and he's sitting at his table on, on ESPN signing day for college basketball. He's making his decision. He picks up the Illinois hat, puts it on for about half a second, which was a second and a half shorter than what Salahuddin did. Then he puts it back down, and then he grabs the Kansas hat and puts it on. And, and that, Tim Leonard, is what a Cliff Alexander is, <laughs> and – that is what happened to Syracuse. They got punked, and that's just a – I mean, pull the knife out, man. Right. Okay, so here's my take. It's fun. I, I, and he wasn't the only one to do that, no, too. No, no, the uh, – There was a 
I'm trying to remember. Yeah, who it there was. was some wild stuff on signing day. One mom uh, left. While yeah, her Jacob son... Copeland. Yeah, he... that was Syracuse actually extended an offer to him. Really? Yeah. Wow. That yeah. a long time ago, but clearly wasn't a, a finalist. No. Well, not with the SEC big dogs. Back to Salahuddin. I, I think it's kind of fun. Like it's his stage. have your moment. It's his moment. I swung JD. And by the way, if you missed out on our signing day podcast, you can find that on iTunes, the podcast center, or on SoundCloud. You can get my and JD's full recap of what went down on signing day and a player by player breakdown. Again, we're only going to give it about ten minutes here on Fizz Radio. But if you want the full forty, forty-five minutes, whatever we produ- produced. That's on SoundCloud, so go check that out while you can. Shameless yeah, plug. so I'm surprised you swung JD. He's a tough guy to swing, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I just don't get swung. <laughs> exactly in in his voice there, but um, I, I think I agree. Like, have your moment. It's cool. It's fun. You've worked hard to get to this point. You could tell it was a full troll job when he came out with the USC sweatshirt oh, yeah. and everything. Something and, was fishy there. Yeah, but at the same time, all that being said. I hope every Syracuse fan showers him with booze when he comes back to the Carrier Dome in a pit jersey. So I brought this up to JD on the podcast, and I said, so Salahuddin's DMs on Twitter are open. Really? And I think it would be a really funny segment if we just got all the recruits to send, like, give us, like, their funniest, like, angry DMs from opposing fans. Yeah, And, and just read them off and... Uh, you could just guess the fan base that sent it. Right. But, I mean, yeah. uh, granted, with this one, it's just one. And um, I kind of got the idea from when Tyler Lydon, um, mm-hmm. he said, like, oh, all these angry fans are coming after me after I'm done for the season, saying, uh, like, mean stuff to me, saying I should have stayed in school one more year. Like, get get off these yeah. kids' backs. Come on. You're better than that. I don't think you could ever blame a kid for leaving for the NBA draft. Like, no. Maybe uh-uh. you could disagree with with the decision to go and say like, oh, he wasn't ready, but when the money's there, like, go ahead. Like, it's just hard to tell a kid like that was the wrong. Like, decision. these are kids. Yeah. Do you, Do you understand how much they hate school? Yeah, like, <laughs> that's true. School I heard, sucks. Uh, I heard Lydon like day one was packing his bags and like was out of his apartment. Like, yeah. don't blame him. I mean, school your work sucks. There man. Is done. You you got paid. <laughs> If, if you could be paid $1 million to $2 million to maybe even like 5 or $7 million to stop right. going to school, like, come on. Yeah, That's a no-brainer. And going to school with this weather weather in the winter, um, yeah, yeah, I don't really blame Tyler yeah. Lydon. First yeah. plane out of here. Um, <laughs> anyways, let's get to guys who actually did sign with Syracuse. The good news. The good news. Um Actually, let's throw in one more name that did not sign with Syracuse. Another running back, Jawar Jordan. Talked with him earlier this week. He says, hey, I'm still 110% committed. Got to figure out some academic stuff, but should be signing at the next period. So probably whenever he's graduated and sorted out all the school stuff. I feel confident in that one. If if he goes to 110%, that's usually a good sign. And that's despite the fact that other schools are trying to scoop him up, too. Like He's got getting some looks from Texas and and stuff like that, too. Well, that's why this Salahuddin thing isn't that big of a deal because – this Syracuse running back class is and, loaded. Yeah, already. I mean, Jawar Jordan, this is a guy who was having like six, seven touchdown games Yeah, in high school. Like, And you're swaying him all the way from across the country. I mean, this is an Arizona kid. And mm-hmm. the, that kind of segues me into the next guy I want to talk about, Jarvion Howard. He signs with Syracuse. And Howard is – this is when I knew Salahuddin wasn't coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was when they signed Howard – 
and they also got Abdul Adams. Right. And don't get me wrong, like ESPN was praising that Abdul Adams transfer. It was like one of the four most notable transfers. Yeah. And and uh, Abdul Adams is going to be a great piece for Syracuse in two years when he finally gets to play after these transfer rules shake out. But Jarvion Howard was kind of the writing on the wall for me. And granted, this is a talented kid. He's get, he was from Mississippi. Dino dragged him all the way up to the Northeast. Right. Even though he was, I mean, they were the only Northeast school that was recruiting this yeah, kid. I mean, he was getting looks and he was, from Alabama. Yeah, he was getting looks from Alabama, LSU. No offers, though. But he also had offers from in-state powerhouses like Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Turned both of those down to come all the way up to Syracuse. I think he also had a Tennessee offer in there, too. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about Dino Babers. He's hyped up this class a lot. He's hyped up next year a lot. And the results were going to have to speak for themselves. But... This class is really strong and getting better with transfers and everything that's yeah. coming Tristan in. Tristan Jackson, I don't, I don't know how much we've talked about him on this program, but he, I mean, in two years, think about the 2019 Syracuse football season, okay? Yep. You, first of all, you're going to play Rutgers, which is like a Power 5 game, and it's going to feel like, and it should be a win, right? I yeah, mean, it's, 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 it's tough Rutgers. to predict things with. They lose <laughs> to, to Michigan by yeah. like 50 a year, you, I think. I mean,. Like. By the way, notable Rutgers decommits from the past two years are actually three. We'll make oh, it three. Yeah. So Stevie Scott, right. this most previous year, mm-hmm. he flipped to Indiana. And then you've got Saquon Barkley yep. and Jonathan Taylor. It's three pretty good running backs right yeah, there. So Two Heisman <laughs> guys or finalists at the very least. Yep. And then a local legend here, yeah. Stevie Scott. So Rutgers really getting the short end of the stick, but Syracuse is going to play them. That's a Power 5 team. You're not facing a team like LSU or Wisconsin. And, I mean, that's just huge for the resume. Then you're going to have these guys, Tristan Jackson and Abdul Adams on your team, both four-star guys when they're coming out. Michigan State, football powerhouse. Right. And then uh, Oklahoma, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they were just in the college football playoff. Yeah. This, so that no, tells this you running you know. back class, last year it was an Achilles heel. Dante Strickland – Got very boring to watch at times, and yeah. Mo Neal, I think, was underused, but still nothing too special. Now we've got a lot of running backs that are coming to SU and a lot of talent in that class coming in, so really bright things for the running backs. And then on top of that, you'll have the recruiting class. This will be Dino's, what would it be, like the, I guess, three-and-a-half yeah. class yep. because he, he adopted the one, but Dino's going to come in, have that class, and then I think that's where we're going to see, like, Four four star guys probably maybe even more, which is really strong to for really move standards. up. Yeah, so Jarvian Howard, a part of that this running back class, he's joined by Akeem Dixon, Florida guy, powerful running back, also with a little bit of speed. But Syracuse never really had that guy who they could trust at the goal line, and we saw them kind of get into these situations a lot of times, where it's fourth down and one, or like um, third down at the, and one at the one. And you just need that one yard to punch it into the end zone or, or get that move, move the chains one more time. And they couldn't get that. Yeah. Chris Elmore was not. Chris that Elmore guy. was not the answer. And I think that's maybe what a guy like Akeem Dixon can provide. Yeah, maybe not this true. year, but in a year or two, uh, he, he could certainly get there. And then the last guy, this guy actually signed on signing day. Yeah. He picked the orange Caleb Okachukwu. Defensive lineman, Under Armour All-American, actually. Yeah. And uh, and they didn't have any defensive ends at right, all. Right, exactly. So, that's, so big. that's big. I mean, yes, you're pretty stocked. you got Josh Black. You've got Kendall Coleman. 
and, and they've done a, a pretty good job, and they're still juniors, so they're going to have those opportunities. In, or well, they, they will be juniors, and they'll they've been on that defensive line when healthy, and they've been pretty good. So I kind of like as this defensive line matures what they could become. Yeah. So certainly a situation to monitor there. That should be a lot of fun. Again, a, an eventful signing day. When is it not? Even though um, this is signing day number two, I mean, it's still right. a, a lot of things happening for Syracuse. I think the Okachuku was the big victory for yeah. SU, mm-hmm. just because, like you said, they didn't have any defensive end. So overall, a positive day again for Dino Babers and company. My last take from signing day is that this February signing day is just stupid. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. I mean, <laughs> what what was it like? Three total guys, so now they're up to 18. I mean, like, I get it's important for some programs, but like, it's only important for those, those big time. I don't think it's like the Alabama, they're just gonna go to like the Georgias, yeah, yeah, they get those last couple, yeah, go to December only soon. I feel like, yeah, all right. Coming up next, we'll preview Wake Forest. What does Syracuse need to do to get the win, get its revenge against the Demon Deacons? That's coming up. It's Fizz Radio. All right, segment three here on Fizz Radio. Tyler Aki and Tim Leonard. We've wrapped up some signing days, some Louisville recap. Now it's time to look forward into the future. Syracuse taking on Wake Forest tomorrow, Sunday matinee action inside the Carrier Dome. You'll actually be there. Yeah, I will be there covering for Orange yeah, Fizz, so... providing some good content and tweets along the way. Yeah, so be sure to like, favorite, all that good stuff mm-hmm. um, on all of Tim's tweets and if you don't follow us, follow us at Orange Fizz. So there's our there's our shameless Twitter plug. Yep, had to get that in. Anyways, Wake Forest coming up. You actually were at the last Wake Forest game too, I weren't was, you? Yep. Yeah, I guess I've just got a thing for Wake Forest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, that was a terrible game for Syracuse. Yeah, they just completely blew it in the second half. And looking back on it, that was the game that That's really good. cost them more than anything for this tournament resume. Because you're, so you're gonna say Wake Forest because I'm I'm gonna counter you right now with Notre Dame. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like I'm, I think I'm right on this that the new stats, they're going away from RPI and they're going right. more towards like Ken Palm, BPI, like all this the, stuff. The quadrant and, crap. Yes, the yeah. Saber metrics. All the Saber nerds yeah. are getting all into that stuff. And that factors in who was on the floor in injuries. So I feel like they're going to know that that wasn't, that was like a game Syracuse should have won. I mean, so is Wake Forest, but they're going to know that Notre Dame but wasn't that, at full strength yeah. in that game. And that's that's really going to hurt them. Yeah. That is just a bad, bad – like, Notre Dame's a bad team when you don't have Bonzi yeah. Colson and Matt I Farrell. feel bad for Notre Dame, man. This was Mike like, Gray does a heck of a job yeah, there. Yeah, great like, coach. Listen, I, I've been all out on Notre Dame. Uh, it's just the way I was raised, Tim. Yeah, yeah. But that. I've just been – born against Notre Dame like that that's just how my father raised me all right yeah. and I, and nothing wrong with that <laughs> nothing wrong with raising your son to be a, a Notre Dame hater but right. I love Mike Bray yeah that is the only thing I like about that school and I was born to hate Duke and Mike Bray obviously has some ties to Duke and I still just you got to appreciate Mike Bray he just gets it done year in and year I I feel bad because Bonzi Colson he's been a great player for a while and just a tough way for him to go out at yeah. this point. So let's take a look. Syracuse, Wake Forest. Looking back at the last time these two teams met, 
this is going to be a very different team that's going out on the floor. So no Howard Washington, no Barama Sidibe. They played a combined six minutes, really didn't make an impact on the game. Right. That was when uh, Sidibe, like, surprisingly played in that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember, but it was for a very short stint. Yeah. And Tyus Battle gets into some foul trouble in this game. Really, it was a weird game for him. Yeah, not he super was not effective. Good. Syracuse just in general wasn't super effective, except for Frank Howard. Frank Howard played well, he, yeah. He kept Syracuse in this one. Remember, this is a game where he was lighting it up from three, five of seven. He had some clutch ones late, too. But he also turned the ball over a little bit six times. Tyus also had five turnovers. So the giveaways are going to be a, a real factor in this game. Just to put some context into that, I mean, Frank Howard and Tyus Battle combined for 11 turnovers in this game. Yeah. Syracuse had and a lot of them were late than, in this yeah. game. Tyus Battle coughed it up on some critical possessions in this one, which he's had some good good clutch plays, but that was not one of those games. Yeah, Syracuse had less than 10 turnovers against Louisville. They had 11 between two guys against Wake Forest. Wow. Yeah. So, that's all you need to know. Turnovers is always something to watch with this team. I mean, it it's, sounds very easy and simple, but when Frank Howard's not turning over, this team's just much more effective. Yeah, and, and then he feels confident with the ball, too. So uh, that's going to need to be the thing. And I think Syracuse ultimately does win this game pretty handily, probably by like seven, I ten think it's, points. I think it's going to be close just because this offense, I know they played better against Louisville, but I haven't seen enough consistently. So I'm going to say this offense is just not good enough to win by more than like ten points. I think it'll be like last year where – It'll I, be... think, I think uh, last year in the Carrier Dome where Andrew White had a couple big shots late and they got kind of their first big ACC win last year and started to trend up at that point early on. But I think uh, I think it'll be pretty close, five to six points, and SU will squeak it out. They, they've got to win this game. I think it's going to be one of those games that it's like what UConn was earlier in the season yeah. at MSG where Syracuse, clearly the better team, much more dominant the entire way, but it's going to look a lot closer than it really is. Yeah. So, yeah, like I could buy like a seven-point win, but Syracuse will be up by like 15 points for right. most of the game. I think it's really important how they come out in the first half, and specifically Frank Howard, not just the turnovers, but it just seems like when he hits his first three, the rim just gets bigger. He just has much better games like he did against Wake Forest, like he did against Louisville. But if he misses his first couple shots, it can go downhill. So it's really critical how he plays right out of the gate. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the score 1260. He's Tim Leonard. I'm Tyler Rocky. Hit us up on Twitter at Orange Fizz. You'll get all of our Wake Forest analysis for tomorrow's game, courtesy of Tim Leonard over Mm -hmm. here. So looking at the other side now for Wake Forest, I mean, this is a team with some – I mean, they're not good. No, Wake Forest it still has less than 10 wins. And they just have not looked good all season long, and their only really thing to write home about right now is that Syracuse win. Yeah. And they've got some players, though. Like, Brian Crawford's pretty good. We saw him light up Syracuse from behind the arc. Yeah, he's 19 a good points. And then, and then Mitchell Wilbekin, brother of Scotty. Yep. I mean – there are some guys who can play that stinks on this team. When your your claim to fame is like, oh, brother of this guy who's better than you, but hey, <laughs> he, he's not that bad. He's pretty good. Yeah, and I mean the way that this team kind of moves, it's it's a weird. They're not big, no, and, and that's something that Syracuse really should be able to take advantage of. But they 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 didn't really last didn't, and no. it it was frustrating to watch. Yeah, I think I think this team is. It's weird because. 
I don't know what to make of Danny Manning in his short <laughs> tenure at this point because I feel like he's kind of getting like a little extra support just because he's Danny Manning and he's a former player. <laughs> he's a legend. And he's getting good recruits, partially, I think, because he's kind of got a good sales pitch. All this money's like, getting pumped into the program, too. I remember they were talking about it. There's some donor whose name is now escaping me, but there's some big donor who's, like, upgrading all the facilities. Yeah, and stuff like it's that. a nice facility. And, like, it's just kind of tough for Wake Forest because they play right next to UNC, Duke, and NC State. Yeah. And they're just always going to be second at really fourth fiddle. But Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Danny Manning's got to start getting some W's because his team, we're looking at the roster, they're better than you'd think. I mean, at least right. better than nine wins or whatever they have at this point. So I'm looking at, at uh, Wake Forest's schedule right now, and they've actually played some pretty close games with some pretty yep. good teams. North Carolina, four-point loss. Then they come out and get that Syracuse win. Ba- they lose at Boston College by six. Boston College is really good at home. Yeah, they are really good <laughs> They at are home. damn good at home. They lose by uh, by nine to NC State. NC State, another team that's really good at home yeah. too. Then a ten point loss to Virginia, and uh, you play some close games with Clemson and Miami, and you actually beat Florida State. But two ACC yeah, that's wins. That's right. They did beat Florida State. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they they played pretty well in the second half against Miami the other night. It's just like. They're good enough to hang around with these ACC teams, but they just can't get that that extra gear and and close out a game. Except, I guess, when you play Syracuse at yeah. home. <laughs> well, they, Wake Forest has not won on the road, so in, in ACC play. Well. So that's what I'm saying right now is that if Syracuse doesn't pull out this win, then I is it? I mean, I, we were it's saying over. this after Georgia Tech, but like, no, it's it's, over. it's actually over. It's now. actually over. two losses to Wake Forest is, is it? You cannot make up for that ground loss. Yeah, I, I will officially say it is completely over if they lose this game. You're not beating all three of Miami, Duke, UNC. No, you're not. You're not that, even winning be, two of those. I don't think. Yeah, maybe. You're, maybe you're, one. you're lucky with one. So, and then. Looking forward to um, what we want to see in this game. Again, probably no Barama Sadibe. Looks like he's going to be shut down for a little bit. Howard Washington, no go, done for the year. Six guys. Are, are we really going to see Braden Bayer? Yeah, probably. I mean, hopefully not for more than two to three minutes, but they got to get the ball down low in this game. Can I just give a little disclaimer on everyone who's uh, talking about this Grinnell stuff? So. In case you didn't know, Tim Leonard, <laughs> Grinnell does not play basketball. No. They do not play basketball. They just chuck threes. They chuck threes. If you've ever heard of a guy named Jack Taylor, he scored like 150 points in a game one time. Oh, I remember that guy. He played at Grinnell, and I know some people who have played against Grinnell, and everyone in that conference hates Grinnell. So the fact that everyone's talking about, oh, Braden Bayer, he's averaged 11 points in 14 minutes, that's actually considered bad at Grinnell. Yeah. Like, that means you're not a good basketball player. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's all I'm going to say. Though That's my two cents on Grinnell yeah. basketball, so don't look too much into those stats. It's just the fact that Braden Bayer is playing, it's just desperate times call for desperate measures, I guess. I don't know. I mean, at the start of the year, you had Geno Thorpe. This backcourt looked to be yeah. a strong part of the team. And Geno Thorpe was a guy who averaged, I believe, over 15 points per game yeah. at, uh, at an AAC school. Yeah. I, I – I think right now, Gino Thorpe, it's a it huge miss a they don't have difference. him. And yeah. I wasn't inside. Pure speculation. Beheim probably could have been a little more 
friendly to him. I'm just assuming. That's speculation, but it, it just hurts a lot that they don't have Geno Thorpe at this point. They I like need, speculative, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> they need bench scoring, and he could have br- provided that. All right, let's wrap things up after this. Fizz feedback on the way. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Closing up shop here on Fizz Radio, Tyler Aki alongside Tim Leonard. It's time for Fizz Feedback. We've talked some Wake preview. We've talked some National Signing Day, the Louisville recap, all that good stuff. Michael Salahuddin, obviously in the thick of things, so let's make him the center of our Fizz Feedback. I like it. I like it. Let's talk some more about him. Okay, so we got a lot of angry Pitt fans coming after us to the point where when I'm just going to read through the angry tweets. This is going to be like a a Kimmel mean tweets right now. And um, it got to the point where it said, um, show additional replies that may contain offensive content. Really? So, I didn't even know Twitter did that. Yeah, That's, I mean, there who, you go. Who's running fans. that, who's running that thing now? Anyways. <laughs> um, so we threw out a tweet. These pit fans coming after us are hilarious. Yeah, you're damn right we're salty. You would be too if a dude pulled that on you. Also, your hoops program is a joke, and Syracuse has two stud running backs in the pipeline. So that was our tweet out, and then Syracuse Nation came 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 to our defense. Yep. First guy at MDZ Bills nineteen eighty. Congrats on your playoffs, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Pitt has fans? Question mark. And then I think that somehow segued into a no. It didn't segue into a fight. Never mind. Um, next up, Orange Bias. What's a Pitt fan? Are you referring to those yellow seats from the Steelers Stadium? I oh, like that one. that's, that's a, a nice one. little burn. Um, and then J Rock, this is the one that uh, contained offensive content, so I can't say the whole thing. But kids and attention, and I'll let you fill in the blank. Oh no! So <laughs> there's that. <Okay. laughs> um, let's see. There's uh, this one where we threw out the tweet. Wow, Michael Sa- Michael Salahuddin just punked us. Put on the Syracuse hat for a second, then threw it back on the table and unbuttoned his shirt to reveal a Pittsburgh tee. We'll remember that. And this dude, at dkern underscore seven, Pitt fan, says, have a nice day. We clap right back. Have a nice 0-18 season in ACC. Boom. That's how you do it. Yep. Well done. I believe Drew sent that out. Yeah. I mean, I can't blame Pitt fans. They they should be angry. Their athletics program is in the toilet right now. And Kevin Stallings is just a bad yes, human. Yes, he's, <laughs> he's a terrible human being. I mean, they have no grounds right now. Congrats. You got a good running back that's going to bring you to another 4-8 and eight season. And yeah. your basketball team, the Oakland Zoo is getting like 2,000 fans a yeah. game. That's it's embarrassing. Pathetic. Yeah. You can't call yourself a basketball powerhouse and draw that type of crowd. Yeah, no. Yeah. Syracuse gets that in the student section. Um, and our student section is not big. <laughs> yeah, it's not big. Um, and then from there, this dude starts getting into a fight with um, Dome Nachos at Turf underscore on underscore fire. And they just going back and forth out at it. So that was some Thank fun stuff. Thank you to Cuse Nation for yeah. stepping up in our defense there. Yeah, and we needed that. And can always so, count on them. Um, a couple other things. Uh, this was our quote tweet from the, the Periscope video that was put out. And... Um, Melvin Mason, kids will be kids. Oh well, dude, let him have his moment. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a maturity thing. Like people pull even worse crap. Well, think about it. Salahuddin went from just another announcement, just another moment on signing day, to like he probably got some national attention that day, and he got his name out there more. So. I don't blame him. I mean, I can see why fans are angry. He's probably going to get booed, but. Let him have his moment, as you, know, you said. You, 
here's a here's a tweet that I actually did not see. Um, it was in response to the the Salahuddin punked us. Remember, he played behind Abdul Adams in high school. That pickup bothered him. Yeah, I can't confirm that. I don't know if you know the answer to that, but if that's true, right? I mean, you can't be mad. That's why I'm not necessarily mad because he. I didn't think we were going to get him in the first place. I didn't think Syracuse was going to get him because they've already got so many good running backs in this class, and and you know, Abdul Adams isn't in this class per se, but he's coming soon. So that's fine. Go to Pittsburgh where you're going to get carries and go to a four and eight season because Pittsburgh stinks and their fans stink. Last angry tweet I've got here. F him. I saw that live. USC 2. Q's over Pitt all day in both sports. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Q's fans out Bull in homer. Course. Anyways, that's all the time we have here on Fizz Radio. For Tim Leonard, I'm Tyler Aki. We'll have more Fizz Radio for you next week. Again, podcast stuff will be up on our SoundCloud. Check us out on Twitter as well. Syracuse Lacrosse is today. Syracuse Basketball tomorrow. We'll have all that covered for you coming up for the Syracuse Red Course game. Until then, enjoy the game, Cuse Nation.